Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Hour two here on Sports Radio 950 KJR, Comcast, Sportsnet Northwest, and around the country on the iHeartRadio app. You search for Sports Radio KJR. So you're uh, the duck and goose calling education. How long have you guys been doing these uh, these seminars? What's the what's the story there? Troy's been teaching the class for about 20 years yeah. now. Yeah, and then I started assisting him here about eight, nine years ago. Okay. Yeah, and it's a it's a it's a full day deal, or or what's what's kind of your typical setup for that? And will you be doing? Obviously, you're gonna be busy with with the season here, but I mean, what's kind of your your long range plans for for further seminars yeah. or, or classes? Probably the springtime be the next class. Okay, we're gonna be busy guiding here, but uh, uh, it's all day class. Uh, we last the last class we had, we barbecued some steelhead, fresh summer run steelhead, mm-hmm. and, and the guys really enjoyed that. So you take a break for lunch, and then uh, the, the uh, you know not only do you get the the calling aspect of it. Um, and all the practice exercise we give you in lunch. But at the end of the class, we teach you how to tune your own duck call. Because like we talked earlier, uh, you know, you have to tune a call to fit you perfectly. And every call is different and every player is different. So at the end of the class, we spend about an hour just on tuning duck calls, how to cut your own reeds, different materials, stuff like that. So you can basically, after you're done, go home and all those duck calls that you thought were garbage and you threw in the, in the sock drawer and never touched again, you can tune those up yourself to make them fit you. And, and you'd be surprised that some of those calls that you thought were no good were actually pretty good calls. So let's, uh, let's get into some of what you would consider the must-have skills, the must-know basic calls. If you're going to be uh, an effective, a decent duck caller, you don't have to necessarily be a good duck caller, but a, good, but a decent, passable duck caller. The basic quack. Let's let's talk about that. Let's break it down. It seems like like the simplest thing ever. It's a, it's a simple. It's a it's a it's one sound. It's not you know a thousand different things strung together, but it is one thing. But let's let's kind of analyze that just a little bit. What exactly goes into the basic quack? Okay. Well, there's a lot of little uh, variables you have to keep in mind when you're doing a single quack. The, the, one of the most important things to realize too is a single quack. Uh, is the basis for all duck calling. Everything that you do on a duck call is, is a variation of that single quack with the exception of feed chatter. So the first thing is is holding the call correctly. Um, and you know, basically all you're doing is you're just putting it in between your thumb and your pointer finger and just holding it relaxed, you know. Uh, a lot of the students, when you know, they first pick up a call for the first time or whatnot, I mean, they're gripping it so hard you'll see white knuckles and and <laughs> you know it's just it's just very very relaxed and then um after that it's it's call placement to the lips and uh i guess the easiest way to equate that is just putting it to to your bottom lip and rolling it up into the top of you know like so like you were going to drink out of a bottle of pop okay. or something mm-hmm. okay so sorry that was a pretty <laughs> basic quack right yeah, 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 yeah basic yeah. guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um and then after that, it's tongue placement, and then, uh, uh, like you talked about before, is tightening your diaphragm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so it's it's keeping that tight all the time, and and not doing the the puffy cheeks. You know, where you see, you know, the cheeks are puffing out. So you try to keep 
Like if you were sucking on a lemon wedge, you know how you get that tightness? Mm-hmm. Same type of thing when you blow into a What ball. What is it about that that, that makes that well, because necessary? What, because of the, the duck call, it's going to get kind of weird, but the duck call is a fixed instrument. So the, the barrel and inside of the barrel or, mm-hmm. or the mouthpiece is a resonant cavity, and that's a fixed resonant cavity. So once you put it to your lips, uh, the cavity inside your now, mouth now becomes part of that equation. And so if your cheeks are puffing out and going back and forth, that, that resonant cavity is also changing, and you want to keep that a constant. So that's the easiest way to explain Yeah, no, it's a good explanation. Good. So, okay, so <clears throat> you mentioned uh, tongue placement. I mean, so, so go ahead and just, just go ahead and continue. Walk us through, the, I mean, just from start to finish. What? Okay. So you're holding the call uh, between your thumb and your forefinger, and uh, – your tongue is, the tip of your tongue is going to be placed behind your bottom teeth. So you, when, you're, you, when you've got it right, you should be able to feel your teeth all the way around on your tongue. And it's going to stay down there uh, pretty much through the entire time you're playing so not, the So not all the way down to your gum line? On right behind your, just, <clears throat> you're going to feel your teeth. Okay. So mm. the tip of your tongue, you're going to feel it, the back of your bottom teeth. Mm. Okay. And uh, so once you've got that, it's going to stay there. Pretty much. Now, when you once you do that, you're going to, oh, maybe a half an inch back on your tongue. That's where you're actually going to cut the note off. So the tip stays anchored behind your bottom teeth. And when you, when you bring your tongue up to cut that note off, if you feel up where your upper teeth are and where your gum line meets the upper teeth and then your cleft, it'll start to go up into your upper jaw, that's where that portion of your tongue is going to cut it off. So it's, 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 Putting a, orchestrating all of these different things all at one time to make this <laughs> sound like a like a duck, you know? yeah. completely unnatural. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right now, there's guys in pickup trucks driving around with the, they're <laughs> trying to visualize. Yeah, it. yeah, no, it's 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 not. It's, I mean, it's not unlike a golf swing. You're trying to remember all these little little you know little components of it, but it's it's, it's not as easy analogy. as just him hey, to pick this up and blow into. So it. if you're missing teeth, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> legitimately, you know. yeah. Yeah, well, it, it you know it's funny, but you're right. I mean, all this mm-hmm. plays into it. You know, yeah, uh, older fellows, like I say, that have dentures and things like that, right. you know, typically need a, a softer blowing call. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, even if you don't have <laughs> have any teeth, uh, yeah, it's not a problem. You just still cut the note off the same way. So when you're talking about the, the kind of the components of the actual sound of the call. Um, the beginning and the end of it. I mean, the end of it is is one that you hear people talk about a fair amount, like how you're supposed to end a basic quack. Let's let's hear let's hear one done correctly. Okay. Which one of you two wants to do this? Feel feel free. <clears throat> All righty. I don't know. Can you hear that? Pretty oh good? yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hear, yeah. We can hear it just fine. Okay. So all right. So so let's let's talk about that then. So basically, it's a it's a second and a half long. It's it's a it's a short. It's a short call. Yeah, a single quack is, mm-hmm. is just that. It's yeah. just sound. It, it's to imitate a, a uh, hen mallard, mm-hmm. and it's just a single, short. Uh, one of the common mistakes a lot of people make is they're making the quack too long. You'll hear quacks are, and it's, it's not that. Okay. If you're out in the wild and you actually listen to them, it's, it's very, very abbreviated. So, or they'll do an alarm quack where they'll do them too quick really? in succession. Yeah. And whenever if you ever accidentally jumped a hen mallard, mm-hmm. you know it's just surprising. You hear zooming away, quack, 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 right. quack, quack. That's an alarm quack. So. Yeah. Okay, all right. So let's let's talk about the end of that though. So I mean, basically, I mean, it's it's. I mean, you can hear a distinctive k- k- at the end of it. 
Yeah. And what, you know, it's almost better if you if I could do it backwards to the call. I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this through the mic. We'll try. Okay. So I'm going to play it through the call backwards, and you'll be able to hear the way the air is actually coming through the call. So there's almost, if you, if you listen to it, you hear almost like a very, very light cough yeah. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's gating the air. That's popping the air into the call. And then you hear the air rushing through, even tone, you know. And then you hear that pop on the end where I'm cutting that note mm-hmm. off. Right. So. so I don't know if that helps, but. Absolutely it does. You yeah. bet it does. So let's let's continue on through this to a, a cadence. So you have, it's it's human nature to break things down by threes and fives and sevens and so forth. But is that something that, that is natural in the world of ducks and geese? Or is that just something that we do just because we're used to doing it in three, five, seven, whatever? If you listen to the wild ducks in the water, you'll hear the you know five to seven notes. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're actually calling at other ducks, like what we would consider like a hail call, mm-hmm. you'll hear them. It'll go to more like eight, eight or nine ducks. Okay, you know they really string it out. It's not so much a really aggressive, but they just kind of string it out a little bit longer. So if I'm hailing a duck, I might string my my cadence out a little bit longer. Okay, all right. Yeah. So what what is what is it about? I mean, what what are the basics of, of understanding cadence? I mean, what what is it that you need to, to sort of have in your head when you're when you're trying to get this stuff all sorted out? Well, like Troy was saying, it's all based on a single quack. So a mm-hmm. cadence is nothing more than a string of single quacks at different pitches. Mm-hmm. You start at a high pitch and you come down the scale to a low pitch, okay. and that'll give you that cadence. And we're going to go, hang, 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 hang. Does the length of it vary, or are they You the can same? add inflection. Like okay. if I was to say to you, say, hey, Joel, how's it going? Or if I'm going to go, hey, Joel, how's it going? Okay. All right, it's all inflection. You know, I can sound aggressive. I can sound mm-hmm. soft. I can sound, you know, it, it's all how, it's basically the same sound. I'm saying the same words, but I'm adding different inflection. Give me a, hey, Joel, how's it going? Yeah, right? let's nice and soft. Demonstrate, <laughs> demonstrate <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, so if I'm going to, if I'm going to be soft with them, I'm But if mm-hmm. I wanted to be aggressive, you know, I, I change the speed, which would change the inflection. It's still just single quacks starting at the top of the scale coming down. I made them quicker. I can make them slower. You know, I can drag one out, however, just to change the inflection. But it's mm-hmm. all boils down to single quacks. Right. How much How much of this now to you is just sort of a, of a, of a second nature? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Feel. I mean, it's just a feel thing where you're like, I'm not really paying much attention specifically to, to, to you know, beginning and ending things. But this is just, this feels right and it sounds right. I mean, yeah, that's and, much... and that just comes with practice. Yeah, right. You know, practice. And, you know, one advantage that we have is, is uh, our commute times are really long. So you got nothing better to do in the truck than <laughs> blowing a duck call. And now that everybody's vaping, I, you know, nobody looks at me funny anymore. So. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's right. Now, with, with goose calls takes two hands. You got to drive with your knees. So <laughs> yeah, since they legal, legalized uh, yeah. certain things in the state, nobody even looks at me funny anymore for that. Either, that's so. hilarious. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that's that's good. pretty good. Yep. So when you're, when, you're trying to, when, you're tr- when you're not to that level and it's not necessarily a second nature, well-practiced, 
well practice thing. What are you trying to focus on specifically? Like, what what do you need to to, to think to yourself? I I have to accomplish this. With Accomplishing Katie. that single quack okay. and then learning the pitches. Okay, you know everything you say to, to talk in a high voice or talk in a low voice. Mm-hmm. The same thing you do in a duck call to you know you're tightening it down, constricting everything. You're doing it naturally. You don't think about talking in a high voice. You mm-hmm. don't think about right. talking in a low voice. Right. So it's the same as a duck call. You know you can start high. <laughs> Then go low. So, and that cadence. So that that's how you get it to start at the top and come on down. So what is it? What is it in those two differences when you're talking about a high versus a low? I mean, what are what are the what are the qualities that 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 make you decide you're going to be high or going to be low? Uh, well, all ducks, you know, when they, when they when they're quacking in their cadence, they're going to mm-hmm. start start high okay. and come down the scale. Okay. So I'm. I'm when I'm doing the cadence, I'm always starting at that high and coming down. So, so how about uh, this? Is this is the fun one? How about feed chatter? This is <laughs> this is one that everybody likes because it just sounds cool. Feed chatter is a great <laughs> fill-in sound. Yeah. Um, you know, ducks are circling. You never want to go totally silent. Troy and I talk about this all the time. You never want to go just totally silent. I mean, you're, you're not hollering at them the whole time. You're not screaming at them. But if it ever just goes totally silent, you know, that's a cue that something's going on. These are predator approaching or something. They're, you know, there's a cue that something's going on. So I always try to fill it in with, you know, <clears throat> feed chatter and stuff like that. Pulling some drag quacks in a little feed chatter to, to just fill in sound. But it's a great, you know, um, not really aggressive, more of an, a, uh, I guess it would be kind of a. Uh, Conversational, you know, maybe. Yeah, maybe. more of a, uh, I can't think of the word. I don't know. I Kind of, a, it's just keeps them uh, occupied. Yeah. Until you can start working them uh, back into position where you're working them to to finish mm-hmm. and so uh, a lot of times uh you know ducks have the uh, an incredible ability finesse to... sound that's the word i was trying to pull <laughs> right, right. big word words are hard <laughs> <laughs> words two, are hard two syllables but yeah. yeah uh so what happens is uh you know uh, being able to to keep them occupied not stop calling uh but ducks have the incredible ability to locate sound and pinpoint it and one of the feed chatter things that makes it difficult for them to do that. So when they're flying over the top of you or something like that, that's a great time to use just a feed chatter and not doing any quacks or anything. When you're trying to accomplish that, um, kind of, you know, different thoughts that you hear people want to try to say words, dugga dugga, ticka ticka, that kind of stuff. And what's, what's, what's your thought on that and those? Well, there's, there's two basic feed chatter sounds. There's a, what they call the single cut, mm-hmm. which is just a tuck, 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 tick, 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 dug, dug, dug. Yep. And then there's the double cut, which is a ticka, ticka, tucka, dugga, 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 dugga. Yep. Any one of those sounds work. And uh, you can't put enough voice into it. You can't put too much voice into it. Mm-hmm. You can flow in your duck, uh, cadence or a quack. But uh, if feed chatter, you just can't put too much voice into it. So you can go ahead and just get real ducky and growly with it. You know, you might wear your voice out a little bit. But uh, like a single, single cut would mm-hmm. be a... Where a double cut would be, <laughs> you know, and you can adjust your hand to change the pitch, you know, mm. mix it up a little bit. You can mix them together and single cuts, double cuts. <laughs> and you can Benjamin's just going, "What and uh, what?" <laughs> He's never sat next to anybody blowing a duck call like this. I guarantee it. Yeah, and you can yeah. hear me putting drag quacks in there. Mm-hmm. I'm just going like, "Duck, duck, 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 Is that when the is that when the male ducks dress like the female ducks? What's going on with that one? Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, yeah. hey, you know, every, every duck is his own, whatever, you know. So let's let's talk about a, a couple of other 
variations. I mean, you, you threw at me a couple things on text last night that, that I was unfamiliar with. Yeah. It involves the words like Cajun and stuff like that. What, what all is that <laughs> Cajun? All yeah. Oh, so you got like bouncing hands. Yeah, yeah. You know, Cajun squeals, refuge yep. feed chatter, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a bouncing hand is just a variation of a single quack. Uh, the Cajun squeal is another variation of a single quack. Um, refuge feed chatters, those are uh, rapid feed chatter when I'm mixing in ducks. So it kind of gives an illusion of two things happening at once. Okay. The, the, the baseline of a feed chatter never stops, and there's ducks in the background calling each other. So um, it's just variations to make yourself sound different. You know, just like fishing, you know, you want that, that secret sauce. You want that different sound. You know, if everybody's making a certain sound and you're mm-hmm. not in the public area, mm-hmm. if you sound different, that might be the thing that makes you successful that day. Well, demonstrate this. What, let's, let's hear some Okay, some so like a, a bouncing hand. A bouncing hand okay. would be, a, yep. a, you know, just a... <laughs> and I got that little bounce at the end. Mm-hmm. Then the Cajun squeal is I'm cutting the note off with the back of my throat. I'm not using the tip of my tongue. So it, it, okay. it kind of gives a little squeak at the end. That's a Cajun squeal. And a refuge feed chatter. It's uh, where I'm doing illusion where I got feed chatter baseline. I got ducks calling each other in the background. So it kind of sounds like you're doing two things at once. But. Well, that's a refuge feed chatter. How long did it take you to, to, to sort that out? Like how long? Is- <laughs> I kind of stumbled upon it. I was uh, I was playing around with a bouncing hand, and uh, you know, and I, I said, "What would it sound like inside a feed chatter?" And I did it. I was like, and I was actually recording it. And I was like, yeah. "Holy cow, that sounds pretty cool!" Sounds I, good. I called Trub. Said, "Troy, you got to hear this." And and he actually told me about it, you know, a couple months beforehand, but I didn't get what he was talking about. And he goes, "That was it." He said, "That's it. You're doing it." And and <laughs> you know, I've used it in a lot of duck calling contests with uh, yeah. good success. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just. Let's, let's get back to that basic quack. <laughs> know, right? Yeah, just rewind I mean, so there, bit. there are, you know, there you, you go, go type in duck calls that you can make on on Google, and you get 50 different things. I mean, you get, and people tend to want to be. I think they want to try to to be loud. I think it's just kind of just you know when somebody first starts to do this thing, they, they want to be they want to be loud. So so that you know the hail call is attractive because it's loud. Um, but what are, what, I mean, so uh, kind of walk us through sort of, sort of the more aggressive, urgent stuff versus the stuff you're talking, you're doing right here is, is subtle. It's I mean, again, conversational. It's not, it's not necessarily something that, that, that's, 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 you know, kind of big and, and, and bold. I mean, what, what about those and, and the times to use those bigger, louder, more, more aggressive calls? Uh, well, the more aggressive calling is usually you're trying to hail them in mm-hmm. at a great distance. You know, they may be. Yeah you know, three, four, or 500 yards away. Uh, windy days is another great mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. you know, to utilize something like that. So mm-hmm. uh, the hails, uh, you know, you, there's two different types of hails. You have the ringing hail and then a, just a, a good, in my opinion, you know, a good and neat hail. Um, and it's just it's just that. It's just a li- loud, hard, you know, <clears throat> all the way down the scale. And you just keep kind of repeating that until they either hear you or they, you know, they start turning and they start seeing the decoys. And then that's when you start going into uh, intermediate and lighter calling. And, and then it's just a matter of, of being able to read birds and, and finesse them into the finish. Mm-hmm. So we're going to jump out for a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, our, our Get Them Dry Jig de- uh, special deal. However, 
We're not done with this. We're not oh, done yeah. with this. We've got another. We've got another half hour at the end of this, and we're mm-hmm. going to kind of continue on this whole thing. So, if you have questions, we do have a few questions here that are on the text line. We'll get to those on the other side of the break. But uh, give us a call at 800-829-0950-206-286-9595. You can text your question into four nine four five one. Break time right here on Sports Radio nine fifty KJR and Comcast Sportsnet Northwest. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio nine fifty KJR. Seven twenty six Sports Radio nine fifty KJR Comcast Sportsnet Northwest and if you're fortunate enough to have the iHeartRadio app if you're not you should because you can listen to us uh, pretty much anywhere you get a, a cell phone signal go to iHeartMedia and uh, download the app do a search for Sports Radio nine fifty KJR uh, Dwayne we mentioned at the top of the show that we have a we have a, a Wild Country special on um, jigs. And uh, if you if you're lucky enough to have Comcast, you're going to see them up on screen here shortly. It's the the new Choker series uh, by Jared Katie of uh, Get 'Em Dry Fishing Company. Great twitching jigs, really 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 good. And and the deal is fantastic because as uh, as as Benjamin pointed out, there's a lot of material in these things. Yeah, there really is. And you know, it's kind of like the evolution of fishing in every other realm. Shangle, you know, this is this is something that has. He just texted me that he's sitting on one bar, so I don't know if we're going to get a hold of him or not. Uh, anyway, you know, the evolution of of any type of practice that we uh, deploy for fishing. You know, it's, um, and, and Benjamin and I and Robert, we were talking at the break, you know. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It kind of evolved back. Well, okay, back up to Robert Kratzer. You talk to him. Mm-hmm. He's been twitching jigs for, you know, 20 years. and But he, he predominantly sticks with a lot of the hoochie style mm-hmm. big profile, which those work fantastic as well, right? Um, back when I started doing it, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, it was basically steelhead jigs, three its ounce, you know, uh, steelhead jig. Not a real big profile. Mm-mm. Matter of fact, pretty small. Comparatively sparse. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of it was beaded body, uh, you yep. know, maybe even a white or black head and yep. a little bit of marabou or yarn coming off the tail. But yep. into a pool of coho surrounded by wood on lower hump and low water, it worked fantastic. You bet. And we were using longer rods, you know, twitching with eight and a half, nine foot rods. Mm-hmm. And then the as everything does evolve over time, you know, a lot of guys have switched to shorter rods. Guys like Jared and a bunch of guys that he uh, fishes with, they still like to use an eight and a half or nine foot rod for twitching. I yep. think it's personal preference. Sure it is. I've even gone to, and we'll break this down next week when I do a pro cam yeah. on, yeah. on twitching jigs. But yep. I really like using one of my seven and a half foot yep. single piece plug rods. Yep, absolutely. Because I just feel more uh, ability on hook set when I'm using a bass style setup mm-hmm. versus a spinning rod. That's just me. Absolutely. A lot of guys will will default to the spinning rod setup. I like the bait caster on a short rod, much like bass fishing. Mm-hmm. My accuracy for casting around wooden structure is a lot a lot better for me versus a spinning rod. Yep. Yeah, I just feel like I have more control. But again, personal preference. Um, spooling up with braided line, you, especially you start buying you know these three and four dollar jigs. Mm-hmm. A lot of work and effort going to those choker series. You bet. You don't just want to give them up. No. You, you don't. know. Mm-hmm. So a good, good sturdy braid, 
when we're in clear water, I like to like to uh, uni knot a, a top shot of uh, monofilament on there. I usually go with uh, fluorocarbon just because of the low clear water. And uh, you, you got to change your color sequence. You know, we're talking low clear water versus the conditions we have right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, conditions right now, you could tie that stinking braid, high vis braid, right to that sure. jig. It ain't oh, going to yeah. make no, a bit of difference right now, right? Um, talked to Jared the other day. They had. Maybe a foot of visibility when most guys were choosing not to fish, you know, uh, where he was over on the hump, and they hooked 20 fish twitching jigs. And you say that, and guys are, oh, they're foul hooking fish. No, they're not foul hooking fish. They're hooking fish in the mouth. They're responding to these big profile, vibrant colors, chartreuses, things that stand out in that dirty water. Um, you can get those fish to react because it is, with coho, a reactionary bite. Don't put any scent on them. Don't waste your time trying to, you know, gussy them up with any type of odor or anything. Just mm. Freaking throw them out there and twitch them, and uh, you're gonna find. Success. So we're pr- we're probably not gonna hook up with Jared. I think we're we're kind of we're kind of out of luck on that. But but we're not out of luck as far as the deal goes. So again, to remind everybody, it's it's twelve of these jigs. The new the new choker series. You can, you can order these custom. Yep. Uh, Thirty six dollars. It's it's basically they're they're normally four dollars a piece. So this is a twenty five percent off deal. It's valid for. For now, it's valid for this week only. Yeah. And the best, the easy way to do it is to go to getemdry, G-E-T-M-M-Dry.com, and you look at the link on the very top of the page. It says right there, Northwest Wild Country Special. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact verbiage, but uh, you click on that link, Yep. and that allows you to to order these. And, and, and as we've pointed out, and as you've probably seen on screen... There's a lot mm-hmm. of material. There's a lot of a lot of stuff that goes into these jigs. So they're they're worth it at four dollars a piece, yeah. but at three dollars a piece, it is it is a steal. Three eighths ounce, half inch. Pick your color. I mean, you're talking chenille wrap body, lots yep. of marabou on the tail, rubber legs. A yep. lot of things going on there to add large profile, a lot of yep. movement, a lot of you know creates a lot of uh, um, coho response to it. Yep. Well, you're, for, you're forcing them to make a decision. Oh, you are. Yeah, they yeah. Have to, it's a fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely forced them. Usually, to they decision. want to fight. Coho yeah. like to fight more <laughs> often than not. You're correct. So it's he's got UV chenille, UV uh, crystal flash. He's got two tone rubber legs. Yeah, it's just got a really good blast. Well, stuff you got to think about too. I mean, coho fishing is going to be good through it November is. into December. Absolutely. You know where it's open and you can mm-hmm. still permissible to retain. But uh, and there's a lot of them. There's I mean they they missed the mark this year. That's a totally different story. But the fact is the coho are here. The water's dropping. This next week is going to be phenomenal. But you know what? Don't just look at it, well, I can't get out this next week. Why am I going to order those jigs? You're going to fish all the way through November, yep. man, past Thanksgiving, yep. Christmas coho. Keep that in mind. Get your get your jigs now, especially when they're on sale like this, and we can run you a wild country special. Get your jigs and start doing some twitching. com. You can click on the link at the top of the page. It'll take you through the ordering process. It's uh, 36 bucks. I believe it's $5 shipping and handling, maybe mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm. that. But uh, it's a great steal. Guys, let's talk a little bit. Uh, guys meaning uh, Troy Taylor and Robert Strong of Ruckus Outfitters here in studio with us this morning. Let's talk a little bit about this uh, Columbia Basin goose opportunity because it's one that so i've got a, i've got a bunch of friends who live in arkansas and they think that that is the greatest place ever <laughs> but all those guys look up to this part of the country and they're like man i would really like to go up there and hunt and there's a good reason for that it is it is world class it's as good as as there is anywhere in the entire world correct uh, absolutely and uh you know we have a four bird limit where there's parts of country that like you say have a two bird limit mm-hmm. so yeah we do have the birds and this this operation is one that you guys have done for how many years uh 2008 was our first year and then troy was guiding with uh dan levins for mm. what yeah, 10 years before that yeah yeah i've been guiding now for uh, about 22 years okay right mm. has there been a change in in the kind of the the hunt itself or the process itself no 
not really. Not so much. Mm-mm. The decoys have definitely stepped up. Yeah. yeah. You know, it used to be everybody hunted Bigfoots or shells, and now mm-hmm. the you know Dave Smiths and stuff on the market. Yeah. Everybody had to step up their game. You, you know, and and we truly believe in in decoys. You know, less is more. Yeah. And you're better off to buy a higher quality decoy. So quality versus quantity is. Yeah, these right over. here are pretty ridiculous. I mean, you can't get much more of a you know decoy that looks so realistic. Yeah, these are the fully flocked uh, Fred Zink Avex yeah. decoys, but yeah, they're uh, they're pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about then sort of the uh, the heart of the season for you guys. You mentioned that you started in kind of in you know mid late November and so forth, and goes all the way through the end of it. But um, but but walk us through a a typical goose season in the columbia basin i mean what is what is it what is i mean obviously you've got you know restricted days and so forth but kind of walk us through it yeah like i said wednesdays saturdays and sundays mm-hmm. restrict to holidays yep um which which we like the, it gives the birds a chance to rest mm-hmm. you know they can build in numbers in the field and stuff like that so uh where we're at we hunt a lot of honkers we don't okay. have many lessers so okay. a lot of it's river know. yeah a lot of mm-hmm. river geese um cool thing is that later in the year when everything's frozen up you know if you're within a few miles of the river, you know, because that warm air coming right up the Pacific, from the Pacific up the Columbia Basin there, yeah. uh, the Columbia River. And uh, so it's a little bit more uh, mild climate close to the river. So mm. a lot of the geese concentrate there and they'll trade back and forth between our area and Tri-Cities. You know, sometimes it will lose them. They'll be gone for a week and then they're down in Tri-Cities and then they'll turn around and they'll come right back. So, um, you know, mostly honkers, but it, it, some of our best time is at the end of January. You know, when most people have given up, you know, that's when we're really getting good. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has there been, uh, have there been changes in, in sort of the kind of the, the, the feeding and flight patterns of these birds over the years uh, relative to, to crops? It's one thing that's happened in the basin is crops have changed according to, you know, the finances of what, you know, farmers can get more money for and so forth. I mean, so, 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 you know, what's the story with that? Well, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, on, Lately, you've seen a lot more corn uh, being uh, being grown for the uh, ethanol and, mm-hmm. and those kind of things. So that kind of changed how the birds would stage also. Uh, but when when the corn crops are, are not being utilized as much, and, and, and there's a lot of potato farms over there and things like mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, you know, you'll see things. It won't be as good for, as some years, and then other years there's so much corn, it's just phenomenal hunting, you know. Yeah, and so the last few years have been pretty good, really. Yeah. When so you it, get, when you get a hard freeze, you know the, they don't tend to go to the corn because the corn kernel is actually frozen right. to the ground. Yeah. yeah. So, and then the, on the contrast, you know, you get a snow, and it'll cover up all the corn. And you think, well, that's no good. Well, where there's a little piece of stubble sticking out, that's like a little battery sitting there in the sun. It just collects that heat, and it'll actually see a melted ring around each corn stalk. And the geese will go there and they'll just peck around the, the corn around the huh. stalk. So. Yeah. Yeah, that and winter and winter wheat too. Yeah. They'll start utilizing that winter wheat. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this will change year by year. I mean, I mean, the, there there can be that dramatic of a difference or that big of a difference over the course of 365 days over where they grow things and when. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. If there's no feed, they aren't going to stick around. Yeah, good point. Sure. Yep. So this this whole thing of trafficking back and forth, you know, between between locations on the Columbia River and so forth. I mean, so when you're when you're looking for here's the thing. One of the the true talents of, of of this whole game is knowing where the birds are located, where they're at, and and that's one of the things too is like where's where is your land versus somebody else's land. So so when you're when you're in your processes of of, of you know scouting and looking around to try to figure out where things are located, uh, and versus I mean, how much land do you guys hunt first of all, and how many places? Oh, uh, yeah, our area is we have ground sprinkled out basically about a hundred square miles. Okay. Um, right. From Quincy to George, all the way over to Dodson Road, we have fields sprinkled all throughout. So, okay, um, it's a pretty large area. It's almost too much to scout in one day. So right. you, you know, you pretty really need to be 
um, you know, we'll spread out and, and find check our field and find what birds. And basically what we're looking for when we're scouting too is not necessarily geese, you know, because you'll see a bunch of geese in the field, but you're, you're kind of getting a feel for the mood of the geese. Mm-hmm. You know, are they actively feeding or are they just loafing around? You know, a lot of times if they're just loafing around, they might be getting ready to bail the next day and head south. So um, if we have our options, two or three fields with uh, geese in it, we're going to pick one where we see them actively feeding, you know, and, and uh, you're watching the birds as they come in. You know, are they coming in in one big wad, you know, where you're going to get one go in the morning? Mm-hmm. Or are they coming in in small groups, you know? And, and uh, how do they act, react when they come into the field? Are they dropping right in or are they circling a bunch of times and not even landing with the big flock? You know, later in the year, they get decoy shy. They don't even land with each other. So, and, and uh, that's when you really got to, you know, choose your field and which, which one's your best option. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're judging as much on behavior as you are on numbers then, basically. Yes. Sounds like, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So keep that thought in mind. We're going to take a super quick break. This will be our last, actually, this is our last break of the show. So yep. if you have questions, um, give us a call, 800-829-0950. You can text it into 49451. We'll get in a little bit deeper into this uh, Columbia Basin uh, goose hunt with the boys at Rex Outfitters right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sports in the Northwest. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. RuxOutfitters.com. Go take a look at that. You'll find information there about uh, the hunts offered and fishing trips offered by Robert Strong. And by Troy Taylor, we, uh, we kind of got into the kind of the, the very basics of the Columbia Basin goose hunt, but uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And we're looking at these decoys that, la- that are laying around here. Let's talk about the actual physicality of the hunt itself. So decoys, blinds, the whole thing. Like run us through. If somebody's not had the opportunity to go participate in this whole thing, what, what will their experience be? Uh, well, um, usually they get there uh, the night before. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be setting up Saturday morning, uh, meeting, usually meet them around 5 a.m., but uh, the night before, we go out and have dinner with the guys and usually have a few cocktails. and, and <laughs> Steak uh, night at the Moose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Things from this Moose Lodge. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have a great prime rib there. Anyhow, uh, so we meet there and have some cocktails and whatnot. And, you know, and they're always asking, oh, well, how's it look? You know, how are we going to do? And, and we try not to, you know. Oversell it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I open my mouth, it goes, ah, oh, it's going to be a slam dunk. And then it's just slow, yeah. you know. So, mm-hmm. But anyway, and then we meet him at 5 a.m. We head out to the field and uh, we start setting up uh, where we're going to set up, start putting out the blinds and, and brushing the blinds up real well and getting the decoys set out. And and uh, and that's really about it. And then it's, it's the wait, you know. Yeah. It's hurry up and wait. The hide is absolutely paramount, though. I mean, when it comes to setting up your, your blind and where mm-hmm. your decoys are, when we're scouting the field, that's one of the things we're looking for is uh, where is the X, first of all, where do the geese want to be, and then we decide our best choice of where the hide is going to be. And, uh, you know, you got to take things in a very into account like the sun, you know, not something you really deal with on the west side, but on the east side, you know, the, mm-hmm. is the sun going to be in your face? You ideally want the sun to be in the geese's face because they have to fight it too. Sure. Um, plus you can use the shadows to your advantage. And then what direction is the wind going to be as far as your decoys go? So the wind is first, you know, and then the, yeah. the sun after. But, um, you know, and we, and we have a pretty simple spread. We don't get too fancy with it. Uh, a couple groups out, you know, on either side of us, two or three decoys in front with a flapper motion decoy, full string decoy. Um, uh, you know, and then that usually works for us start to finish. So. What I might add, that flapper is, is deadly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, showing any <laughs> showing any type of movement, any little movement, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the motion, yeah, motion is huge. And, yeah. and like Dave Smith always said, is that they just have to be convinced they're real. Mm-hmm. Your decoys are real. That's right, why sure. we, right. we suggest don't worry about numbers. 
you know, late in the season when they get really decoy shy, we've gone down to six, nine decoys. Really? Really? That and six, pounded them. Yeah, because they, they, if you're on the X, if you're where they want to be, you just want to convince them that they're real, and that's it. So the less things, we're not really into the gimmicky things, you know, all the flying decoys and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because you just have to be convinced that they're real, um, and then don't screw it up. You know, if you're where they want to be, don't screw it up. They're coming. How so, and how would you screw it up? I'm gonna write what, that what, down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take notes right now. Yeah, overcalling, not calling at the right time. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, late in the season, if you honk or cluck at them, sometimes they're gone. Really, they're yeah. gone. So I mean, we use a lot of gabble sounds. You know, back and forth. You know, and and that's it. And that's enough to, to decoy them in. So. Infinite light. You guys, yeah. uh, you've had all much fog over there. You get yes. fogged oh, out. Oh boy. There's yeah. at least two weeks in the, the you know, yeah. it varies from year to year, but there's at least two weeks. It can be in December, January, where it's just Usually so the case. thick. And you'll yeah. hear the geese fly above it, and they're looking for a hole to fly through, but they won't come through it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and that's kind of the tough part when you're guiding is is you know, a fishing guide can go to the river, his clients can see the river's blown out. Sure, it's not going right. to be any good. Right. Sure, but you know, you you still try to show the enthusiasm that you know, hey, it could lift. You know, it could be good, but you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, "Oh God, it's gonna be a long day." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you might get that late afternoon shot where it burns off, and then you yeah. get that one, one opportunity. I've, yeah. I've been there. I mean, yeah. you wait yeah. literally six, seven, eight hours. You know, sitting in the blind, eating food, drinking coffee, shooting the bull, just, I mean, yeah. and listening to them flying overhead, mm-hmm. squawking away. Usually happens right. when you're over at the taco stand at lunchtime. That's usually when they, <laughs> it finally turns off and they come in. So. Yeah, you come back and they're all yeah. in decoys. Sometimes so. you got to wait them out, but, it, boy, it can be worth it, too. Because yeah. they, they may not have eaten all morning. Yeah. If they're not finding anywhere to land, they might go back onto the river and hang on the water. Then they'll get up in the air again, fly around. They're looking, nothing. They go back. I've, yeah. It could be fogged in for two, three days. And right. that first day that it's not foggy, mm-hmm. well, you oh. better be ready for first night. Because they're yeah. coming to first light. And they are getting another. on the ground. Yeah, yep. that is for yep. sure. Good for Walk you. us, uh, so talk about the blinds, the blind setups and so forth. Uh, we're hunting layout blinds just because, yep. uh, you know, our birds are pretty mobile. So mm-hmm. we don't have any real areas that we traffic birds. We're always trying to hunt right. the X. Right. Uh, layout blinds, we're finding an edge. You know that we can hunt off. It's really difficult to uh, set up out in the middle of the field. It, it really is trying to trying to hide yourself, and mm-hmm. we always try to do the slide of hand. You know, pay attention to the decoys over here and not to us over here. Right. So sure. if we can put something in between us and the and the decoys, like an edge of a field or a ditch bank or something like that. You know, so so you know we don't want to be particularly in their field of vision. Is is what I, the best advice I can give on that? You don't want to really be in their field of vision. A lot of guys like to put the decoys around their blinds, mm-hmm. you know, and think they're going to hide them themselves with a bunch sure, of decoys, right, maybe put right. one on their lid. And, mm-hmm. and right. but, but you're right in their field of vision. They're concentrating yeah, yeah. on those decoys, right. and they're See. right in their field of vision. Yeah. So, you know, pay attention to what I'm doing over here, not over here is what you really want to concentrate on. Yeah, makes total sense. Million-dollar question, what uh, what sort of availability do you have for the season? How, how many guys can you take at a time? Will you take at a time? And, and, and what does your schedule look like? We're comfortable up to six. Okay. Um, November's pretty well booked up. We have some yeah. dates in December and a few in January. Though, okay, so. but December, January are 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 can be money. Yeah, I mean, by by mid November yeah. we're starting to see our birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could get unlucky and hit a fog bank in the middle of the season, but uh, you know, by December, January it's go time. Late in the season, and we've had some of our best yeah. hunts on the last day of the season. Really? Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. You know. Well, like you said, a lot of areas are uh, you know they're pretty much done, mm-hmm. right? Guys have moved on doing other things, and you yeah. guys start late, hunt late. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, like all, it all depends on Mother Nature when when they yeah. try to come down. So, mm-hmm. what about uh, what about the goose hunts? Has sort of kind of kind of captured you guys versus being versus just strict duck hunts? I mean, what what about that particular operation just works best for you? When you got thirty five 
10, 12 pound honkers right above your head. <laughs> that's that, that's a kind of adrenaline rush that you just yeah, can't beat. Yeah. 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 That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Troy, we were going to talk a little bit about, uh, about call history. We didn't get a chance to talk about that t- too much and we're going to be done here before, but let's run through quickly here as far as yeah, kind of the, the, the creation and evolution of it. Let's, let's okay. kind of get into it. Uh, well, you know, nobody really knows exactly when the first, uh, duck call kind of made its appearance, but they, there was an old, uh, engraving, um, uh, it was 18, 55 or 1858, somewhere right around there, called the shooter or the shootist. Anyway, and in that engraving, uh, they're they're hunting ducks, and a guy has what appears to be a duck call hanging around his neck, and so that's kind of their first indication of about when it came to be. And they were called a tongue pincher. Uh, sounded like heard a that cr- term. Heard that term before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then uh, it kind of evolved from there. Uh, the tongue pinchers were even produced right up till you know the twenties and even the thirties. But uh, and then F.A. Allen and P.S. Olt and those guys started producing uh, what I would call a, a modern duck call, if you will. And uh, and that's kind of how the evolution got going. And now, uh, you know, everything is primarily you, you got some real foot guys. I don't know if you're familiar with real foot calls, the metal reed calls. Um, you know, they were, it was kind of an offshoot of those guys hmm. uh, back in the 30s and the 20s and the 40s and, and even the 50s where they kind of produced their own version, which was the, the metal reed type, you know. Um, but other than that, everything primarily now is, is your Arkansas J-frame. That's kind of the yep. most popular. And uh, it's really, really taken off. And, and gosh, it's, it's, it's growing more now than ever. So we have kind of run up to the end of the show. We've got, I've got a lot more questions we didn't get to. Yeah, a whole bunch. Well, of, when do you guys case, get heavy? Right? When when do you guys leave town and hunt all the time? Basically, starting mid mid-, mid- November. Yeah, November twelfth is our okay. first first hunt of the season. Okay, we may have to kind of do a follow up to this because there, I've just thought of a handful of things that we didn't that we didn't get to. Yeah, <laughs> we'll carry that interview off into the field. Well, that's the best. That's you know, the best that's plan right there. December. Best plan right yeah. there. Uh, if guys are looking to hunt with you guys, where do they go? Uh, uh, website information, phone information. Give give us all that stuff. Uh, com. There's a link to our email. And my phone number is right on the page. Uh, hit us up on our Facebook page. Duck Call University is on there too. There's links to our Facebook pages on our website. Um, you know, we'll have updates on calling classes coming up and stuff too. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Really appreciate you guys taking the time to come in. Really. Yeah, thanks for super, having us. Super educational. Fun. Really, really good time. Good, really good time. stuff. Yeah, and also to Benjamin Bobberdown Smith, uh, joined the fan couch. Got a little duck calling education. Very, so very the things that you so. got, you didn't count, didn't count on when you came in here, right? It's amazing how much goes into this. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit hectic, right. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> a little hectic. Let's get out of here, guys. Yeah, uh, we'll see you same time, same place, mm-hmm. right here next week on Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sportsnet Northwest. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.